friends, welcome to Clutter Free Academy, where our goal is to help you take small doable steps to live every day with less clutter and more life. And boy, uh, when I first received this book, I'm like, I don't care if this is about clutter or not, we're going to shoehorn this in because I'm so excited about not just our guests, but the concept of the book. But once I got reading you guys, you guys are going to love this book. And so many of you, my friends who deal with clutter are going to identify so deeply. You guys, I'm so excited. We have Ty Pennington here. He's the book is Life to the Extreme, How a Chaotic Kid Became America's Favorite Carpenter. Ty, welcome to Clutter Free Academy. Oh my God, it's so good to be clutter free. It is, isn't it? Well, <laughs> and you know, people might think, okay, well, you know, he has nothing to do with clutter, but you just told me your mom struggled with clutter. Yeah, I mean, look, I think I think there's a lot of people that struggle with clutter. I mean, um, I mean, there's several reasons, you know. I mean, people hold on to things for all kinds of different reasons. Um, I mean, whether it be like sentimental, whether it be like, oh, I'm going to need that envelope to send another package out. Oh, right. I better save those boxes because I know I'm going to be moving soon. So like, there's all these categories of like, and I'm sure you've discussed this, I think in Clutter, where you're stage three, you're stage five, yep. you know, or stage 12, which is, you know, out of the, out of reaches. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I noticed like I, uh, back when my mom lived on her own, I would go uh, check out her house. And so she had this uh, like addiction with plastic cups. And I think it just came from the fact that she hated doing this. <laughs> so she just buy more cups. I'm like, mom, I don't know if you're ever going to use 600 cups, but uh, it's good to know that, you know, if you ever really need a clean glass, you can find one. Well, but, uh, but yeah, we all have different things. Like I collect things like, like I have like over 200 pairs of Levi's because I've been like, but they're, it's like, because it's an icon thing. And because right. I also know they're never going to make that particular style again. Yes. So yeah, but we have to be careful, especially when you're an interior designer, like where do you put stuff? Not to mention when I, when I design a room, you know, I go through uh, plan A, plan B and plan C. So I order enough stuff or pick up enough materials to make, you know, make the things I need to make. So I'll end up with like all these spare table legs or whatever. And you got to figure out what to do with them. Cause yes, you're thinking in your mind, Oh, I'm probably going to make something again. I better store this. <laughs> and, and over time you just like have all this and you're like, Oh my God, my garage is no longer my garage. It's just a, you know, uh, a, a shrine of, 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 of items of trinkets. So, well, yeah, it's, it affects everybody. Yeah, you know, what What you talk about there is so clearly, like what with your mom, you know, she had, or, you know, many, many people, I might need it someday. It's totally fear-based. But I think what you were saying about interior designers, we can give it a more, um, we can be more gracious with it because they were creative, but in their brain, they're thinking, if I get rid of that table leg today, I'm gonna need it tomorrow. And so we get, it is sometimes it's easy to really stifle our creati creativity because we have so much stuff and we have so much choice. And that's one of the things that I was so, now just like Extreme Makeover and your secret room, you left the best nugget till the very end. But right. I loved your concept of, you know, you've been told all your life to think big and you really came to the conclusion that your creativity thrives when you're thinking small. 
And I would love for you to discuss a little bit about that because it, it sounds like for you and for me, it's very easy to get overwhelmed when the possibilities are infinite, but you had to deal with time, space, energy and money constraints on all of these projects. And you really feel like that fueled your creativity. Well, I would say this, look, let, let I'm a, I'm definitely a creative person. Um, and trust me, my mom was a child psychologist. So yeah. I, I learned early what my, I mean, let's face it. I really learned early, like what my weaknesses, what, what, what my strengths weren't. Right. And I was like, Oh, so that's not going to be my profession. Oh, so I can't do that. Oh, I really suck at that. But the only thing I seemed to be good at was like drawing and painting. Like I would, it's the one thing that kept me calm. And so my mom, of course, would just feed me full of paper and crayons and, right. and paint and et cetera, until of course the house was destroyed. And then she's <laughs> like, you can take that outside now. But, but here's what I would say about, um, uh, about that. I think if you look at artists, whether it be painters, uh, whether it be musicians, sometimes the first album, sometimes in my opinion, the first period of their, their sort of painting spree mm -hmm. is sometimes their best because one, they're unknown two, they're not sure of themselves. Right. Um, and three, they're, uh, you know, they're sort of going on instinct, uh, mm -hmm. not to mention they've got nothing to stand on. They've got no money for, you know, a budget of a really high end recording or a big studio to create really gigantic, amazing pieces. They have to sort of, you know, work with whatever. Um, and I think with the designers too, in my opinion, like when you're creating, I even produced a show up in Canada called um, Inside the Box, um, which is like I, I would deliver because so many people say that they're they're designers, but these are people that sit down with clients and pick out fabrics and and really have plenty of time and money to 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 choose so many different things to make a room amazing. Okay, when you design in television or when you design on a budget, not possible. And on constraints, you have nothing. So what I would do is I would send this basically this uh, gigantic bin of materials and nobody knew what was inside and they had to come up with ideas and to be creative with whatever was given to them because that's what it's like on television. Like even if you ordered like, let's say I was designing a room on Extreme and I, I wanted to make sure there's a contrast, which means I wanted light floors, but I wanted dark furniture, right? Well, mm -hmm. here's what would happen. So, you know, two weeks ahead of time, they'd be like, yeah, I think we've got it lined up. I'm like, great, this is gonna be so good because I can't wait to use this type of design on the wall to really emphasize the contrast. And then all of a sudden, they're like, it's two days before we're, we're door knocking. And they're like, hey, so about that flooring, yeah. <laughs> they didn't have, they didn't have the, um, the light flooring. All they really have is sort of like a medium, sort of a, me and I was like, medium has never been good for me. And they're like, right. also the furniture didn't come through. So <laughs> it looks like maybe you're gonna also have to have sort of a medium tone or maybe like, you know, light. And I was like, so the, so the opposite of what I wanted. And right. Like, yeah, pretty much. So anyway, that's what you dealt with. And so I had to come up, I had to just change plans in the moment to create something new. But I think that's where you test yourself as an artist is like, how do you figure out how to get out of this problem? How do you solve the situation? And, uh, and it was funny because a lot of other designers on the show would have tantrums and they'd lose it. They'd scream and yell. <laughs> and I'd be like, dude, this is life. Yes. This is what happens. And so uh, anyway, for me, I think that is kind of my, one of my greatest gifts is, is 
to be the calm in the middle of the storm. But I also create the storm sometimes. <laughs> yes, so you do. Can, like, so I can be the eye of the hurricane. So yeah, it's like, but I think we create our best stuff when the pressure is on because you have such self-doubt um, right. in the middle of all that. And, uh, and the thing is you can never really show it. Cause on training spaces, when you work with the homeowners, they're looking for you to have doubts. They're like, he yeah. doesn't know what he's doing or she doesn't know what he's she's doing. But that's just it, which is what I love about any of those shows is in the end, you realize, oh, wow, I did not expect it to turn out this great. And I think that's the way paintings are as well. It starts out, you're like, God, this isn't going to be good. And then at the very last stroke, you're like, wow, this is genius. Well, so you had that. I, one of my favorite stories in the, the whole book is you're, tr you know, you put on your calendar every single year that you're going to do this art exhibit and you, you never have the time to get all that together. And then Hildy is doing a bulldog room and well, you come yeah, well wait a minute wait a minute we both are remember we were both hired as designers That's yes oh but, but hildy but hildy basically like you know basically took over the room and i was a hostage that's why i was wearing <laughs> tape on my mouth that said hostage nobody ever really got it but uh but anyway go ahead yeah no forgive me because yes i mean it, it became obvious that you were you know orig your original iteration was there to build the things for other people and then as as we saw it all morph you became the designer that everybody was looking to but i what i loved about this is you were struggling on your own to create the art you wanted to create but when you had all these limitations of time and you're using frames that you bought at a secondhand store and you create a, a masterpiece of bulldogs oh my god and you have to understand something too by the way yeah um, like so not only did i do that but i also tried to create I tried to make sure each bulldog looked like a different artist. Yes. So that it was a gallery of like, you know what I mean? So not only was it a different portrait of a different bulldog name, you know, whatever, Ugga yeah. or Carl or, you know, um, but the idea was that you really had um, a huge contrast. And I did some, you know, the reverse of, of black ink on white. I also did like white, you know, paint on black so that you had a nice contrast going on. But yeah, what was fun about that, was the reaction to my friends who saw that and were like, dude, like you've been talking about your paintings. We've never had one. We're all, we, you know, I'm from Georgia. So all these people are like, dude, where's my Georgia bulldog painting? I'm like, you, you know, we like you, you don't do any artwork for any of us. And then you go on a TV show and you do 22 and leave them all in one person's house. Somebody like, you've never met. You? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, but, uh, but, you're absolutely right. And so, I, and as you probably could tell because you read about it in the book, this was all happening while I was writing a book. Yes. And so like, so that is exactly uh, the reality of it all. And like on TV, you never get to see like all the stuff that goes into it. Um, but my favorite part was that there was such doubt on whether or not the room was going to come together. But, um, but, and by the way, I was really hoping for these gallery lights that would, would extend out and shine back on the artwork. Yeah. But there was no way to get electrical to like line that up because, hey, come on, we had one day to do that. Right. But it would have been so amazing for the, the dramatic, just having these little lights in the bulldogs. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, I thought it turned out really pretty amazing. But it was, it was but I, I think you're right. I think people saw like a side of me, even the people I've worked with for 10 years. Yeah. Like some of the producers were like, I worked with you on Extreme. 
I didn't know you could do that. I said, yeah, you did. You just never seen it. I was like, you right. knew I could do that. Yes. But, uh, but anyway, it was, it was, it was, it was fun because, um, it just also shows you what you can do, you know, to create, um, artwork customized on your wall. Cause so many people like really do have self doubt. Like, what should I put up? What should I do? Like, right. I don't know what to do on this wall. And, uh, I think that's one of my gifts is I really do show you because like, you remember, I, I came from being the carpenter who was given 40 bucks to build six pieces of furniture. Exactly. Like, really? So yeah, I've become very resourceful and like, you can really do a lot with nothing. And that's why I think trading spaces, that's why it's a special show. It's because look, we can all design rooms that are, you know, $10,000 makeovers and make them look amazing. But mm -hmm. what can you do like with 2000? Right. That, that's the, that's what we can all really afford on a weekend. So, and that's um, what I love about this whole book is because what you're talking about so much of it is the limitations you've had in life and how you've used those limit. And, you know, at first they seem like obstacles and then you realize, no, these were gifts. And so I, you know, everybody wants more time. Everybody wants more money. Everybody wants more space to do things. But when you have those limitations, you're like, okay. And you experienced that you're in college when he, the professor said, you know, make whatever you want. You're like, okay, wait, what? You know, it's yeah, too big. Yeah. That's what I was going to start off with when you mentioned uh, that. I, I think for me uh, in art school, um, you have to understand, like um, there were some really, really, really good art schools that I wanted to go to. Yeah. But one, they were way too expensive. Yes. And, and two, they uh, they didn't have a night program. And like, you know, I had to work during the day, uh, you know, basically painting and building houses. Um, and so I had to go to a night program. But in the long run, it was genius because instead of wasting like four years of college education money, I figured out a way to go to art school for one year, get a degree that would yeah. basically be useless within six months. But in the process, <laughs> I worked with, um, it was interesting because I, I like to say this, I went to a school where they would say yes to anybody who wanted to go to art school. And these are people that either starting out or also like going through midlife crises that are like, you know what, I'm not <laughs> going to be a mechanic anymore. I'm going to be an artist. And I would, I would look at them and here I am, like, I'm not even 20 yet. And I'm yeah. just like, uh, look guys, I think what the instructors are trying right. to say is, so what they would do is they'd be like, guys, the sky's the limit. We want you to come up with these ad campaigns for anything. And I would look at my other students, uh, my other classmates, and they had this blank look on their face. Like, yeah. what do you mean come up with anything? And so I literally, I said to the instructors, like, yo, you guys are just saying too broad. Like mm -hmm. these guys, we actually need it to be narrowed into a hallway so we understand what it is you you are looking for. Right. And so, uh, so I would sort of be the communicator between the instructor and the, uh, the students, which really helped. But uh, you have to remember too, like this is a time where I, I finally got diagnosed with ADHD. Right. And so for the first time I'm actually finally focused and my mind turns into a machine. So when the instructors gave me like one uh, project, I would turn in three because the first one I thought sucks. So then I had, I had two more hours before the deadline. I cranked out another one. And then I was like, wait a minute, what I really need is a hybrid between both. So these guys were like, what is your deal? You turn in three when we can barely finish one. I was like, well, I had an idea. So, um, <laughs> so, and that's when I realized, by the way, that I may have had, I may have had a gift when my instructors started asking me to go into business with them. I yeah. was like, 
well, maybe I should wait and see what's on the other side of graduation. But uh, but anyway, it was, well, it was when I realized that sometimes saying going big is too big. And like right. you, have to, you have to have more of a, a reality of like, what is it? How can I narrow this down so that I understand because I mean, anybody can be like, create art for me. Yeah. I'm like, give me a theme, man. Give me a theme. I can't just create. What do you like? What do you yeah. want it to be? What are your colors? So yeah, it's too it's, much. It, yeah. And you know what? What you do so well that you did in college, and then you did it um, on trading spaces and extreme makeover is you translate for us. For the people who, you know, we're not out there building stuff. You would, trust me, you would not want to see a nail gun in my hand. But what you did is you translated for all of us at home, you know, not just the stories of the people, but what people were doing and the creative process. And that's what, that's part of what made it so engaging and made everybody in the family want to watch. Um, I want to ask you, the other thing I love about this book is uh, the whole book, you, you talk about not finishing things I, that is like a major theme in the book and so at the end I'm like you can't be as accomplished as Ty is and not finish things speaking of starting and not finishing we're gonna continue this amazing conversation in a bonus episode of Clutter Free Academy I'm so excited and guys, thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to Clutter Free Academy. This is Kathy Lip. Now go live the clutter-free life you were always designed to live. Mm-hmm.